All right, welcome back to another episode of the Casey Campbell Podcast. Casey Campbell with you, of course. And we are pleased to be joined by the one, the only, Adam Alexander, of course, who calls uh, the Xfinity races for Fox Sports and is one of the hosts of NASCAR Race Hub on FS1. How's it going, man? Doing great, Casey. Thanks for having me on. So, of course, you know, how has this NASCAR season been for you? I know that you're back at the track calling Xfinity races. Of course, you're in the studio for NASCAR Race Hub. Um, What's it been like? I would say it's been a a hybrid of what is normal and what we faced shortly after the the pandemic hit last year and we were doing all the races from the studio. As you mentioned, we are back at the track, which is nice, and, and it's good to be in the flow, so to speak. Unfortunately, Uh, The pit reporters, because they are kind of in the bubble and have to be around the competitors to do their job, they're allowed in the garage. Uh, As someone who calls the races and spends our time in the booth, we are not. So we are still doing all of our interviews and all of our prep work, you know, via Zoom or on the phone uh, with crew chiefs and drivers and and that sort of thing as we head into a race. Normally that that time is reserved in the garage where you go down and you, you see the guys and you you can feel the the energy of the race cars and you can smell the fuel and, and the tires and all that. And we just, we haven't been able to do that. And hopefully we'll graduate to that point. So I, I would say we're somewhere in between what we would consider normal and, and what we were faced with in those races that came following the start of the pandemic a year ago. What's it been like calling, I know you've called, I think this is your sixth year calling Xfinity races for Fox. I think before you, I think you were part of the TNT broadcasts for the cup races, what has it been like, you know, calling races, you know, you know, from being on pit road for so many years? It's different for sure. And, and, you know, I, I had a play by play background and and that's where my career was, was founded. And that's what I started doing in the business many years ago. And so I always felt like I was a a host and play by play guy. And, And that's what I had done in local sports for many years before I started working in NASCAR And then when I went to MRN Radio, the opportunities there just happened to be on pit road. And that's where I got started. But I would call some races and occasionally go out to the corner and and, and call a turn for MRN Radio. So I felt good about my abilities and my background and experience doing play-by-play. And when I went to TNT and they had an opening in their booth, that opportunity, you know, came about with an audition. I did that. And then once I... I got that deal and and partnered the opportunity there to do some play-by-play and and hosting with the opportunities I was getting with speed in studio. It all came together. And that's when I I really fully made that transition to being more of a a host and play-by-play guy than a pit reporter. But I I love pit reporting too. And and I I miss that because to me, that's where the real energy of the race is, uh, is right down there on pit road with the, the teams and the drivers. So, I mean, what, you know, you've been a part of NASCAR Race Hub for a long time. What's it been like, you know, working with, you know, working with Shannon and everybody and everyone that's a part of the show? It's, you know, it's when you, it's Larry Mack, it's Jamie. You guys just seem like you guys, it's fun to see you guys, you know, interact with each other. And it's changed a lot, Casey. If, if you go back and, and I think back often to when we first started this show, and it was in fall of 2009 is, yeah. is when NASCAR Race Hub came on the air. And we, at that time, we really didn't have our own analysts. We, we didn't have as much of a connection with, with the speed network that was here in Charlotte and the Fox broadcast company that was doing the NASCAR stuff. That There really was not that overlap that we have now with it being Fox and, and FS1, even though speed was owned by Fox. And, and so... 
any analyst that we had came in, you know, a lot of times it was like one of our reporters that would come in and serve as, as an analyst. We would occasionally get, you know, Larry Mack or, or Jeff Hammond at the time. And, and so to think about where this show has grown and to have cup regulars, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Austin Dillon, you know, Chad Canals, Drew Blickensderfer, the list goes on and on to be in here on a regular basis on top of our group of analysts, Jamie McMurray, you know, Larry Mack, Clint Boyer, Jeff Gordon, these household names in the sport from a TV perspective. Now it's remarkable where this show is. And, and we're fortunate to have great personalities, which as you said, creates a uh, really, really fun and entertaining television. You talk about Clint Boyer and uh, you know, the, the broadcasts you knew when, when it was announced that he was going to come to Fox, you knew that the broadcasts were going to be, taken to a whole nother level and they have been um what has it been like having clint around i remember you know clint did a number of xfinity races with us over the years as a part of our you know guest analyst when we'd have drivers come up from the cup garage and and he would join michael waltrip and me in the booth and it was always fun but it was it was kind of his golf game right it wasn't his focal point i mean his, his big deal was racing on sundays and it was a little over a year ago that I found out Clint was going to be joining us on a more regular basis on the Xfinity side in 2020. And of course, COVID interrupted our whole routine and plan there because we weren't going to be at the track. And, and so Clint was still dedicated and Clint was coming into the studio and calling races with us before we would hop on a plane and, and fly to the track to race on Sunday. And at that point, on top of the iRacing stuff he had done, I was like, whoa, I think this guy's getting in a little deeper. He seems to be more interested maybe than what he's been in the past. And I think in addition to that, he got more comfortable. His personality really started to be shown even more just because his comfort level had gone up. So what I'm seeing this year in that cup booth and, and even before the races uh, on the pre-race and when he comes in here and does hub with us, it's a whole new clan. And, and I think it's someone who has finally been able to not have the stress of racing on Sunday and worried about those results and just fully focus on having fun on television. And, and I think we're all benefiting from that. Yeah, of course, you know, the Xfinity booth is a rotating cast of characters and you are part of that. I mean, obviously you're this year, you're in a separate little booth corner there. Um, what has it been like to work with all these different kinds of drivers? And I think, uh, you get, to, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, you get Tyler Reddick this week. I can't remember who the other one is. It, it is Tyler Reddick this week. It'll be his debut. Ryan Blaney will be with him. And, and Ryan's done a couple of races. I, I don't know how many, but I, I wouldn't say more than two or three over the years. So, so Ryan is fairly inexperienced as well. It's very unique. And, and I, I said this recently in an interview, I, I remember when the idea was, uh, you know, pitched back in 2014 or whatever it was when we knew we were getting the Xfinity series back and I knew I was going to be doing the play by play. And the idea was floated that we would have a guest analyst. And at that time, it was only going to be one. It was going to be Michael Waltrip, me and then and then whoever joined us. Even just having one additional new face every week, I was like, whoa, this is going to be tough because I'm a I'm a big guy on chemistry. I'm a big guy on spending time with each other away from the broadcast booth so that you feel more comfortable when you're on the air. And, and I was worried about not having that opportunity. And, and actually, as this program has grown, it's been the opposite. It, it keeps you on edge. It makes every show unique and different. And not that, you know, I would say to any broadcaster, preparation is what makes it great. And I still prepare as best I can. 
But what I would say is you take some of the notes and put them aside and, and create more of a personality driven broadcast. And, and I think the shows have been very entertaining because of that. And, and I think it's been great for the drivers who come up to show a, a different side and a more expanded role. So I think across the board, it's been a real win-win. Yeah. So you know, let's talk about the Xfinity series a little bit, because, you know, it has been, it has been quite the season we've had, of course, it's really showing, we've had some different kind of moments, but it's really showing you're going to have to beat that 22 car to really get the championship. And then it looks like when he's in there, you're going to have to beat that 54 car too. And Ty Gibbs is in there. You, you know, I talked before the season with Austin Sendrick and his crew chief, Brian Wilson. And I asked them, I, I said to them, I feel like the pressure's off because forever it was like, can you win on an oval? Because he was kind of a road course guy. Yeah. And can you win at all uh, in that 22 equipment, which we know is really good. And I said, in 2020, you, you win a bunch of races on ovals, you win the championship. So you've kind of proven that you belong and you're the guy. Does that take the pressure off? Are you playing with house money? And they said, we met with Roger Penske when the season was over. And Roger said, you've proven you can do it. Now go do it again. And I thought, wow, if, if ever there was someone that could apply pressure it was Roger Penske with that comment as the owner of the team, and we know how accomplished he is. And evidently, Brian Wilson and Austin Sendrick took that as a challenge because they've been top five every week. Uh, they're winning stages in every race. They're leading laps in every race. He's won twice. He's been the dominant guy. And, and there are some other guys having great starts to the year, and, and you don't want to take anything away from any of them. But, but at the end of the day, there is no one right now that, that is in the class of that 22. It's, it's been special to watch the, the way that they've been able to come off of the championship and, and start the year in defense of their title. We've seen, you know, as I mentioned also, Ty Gibbs, what impressive. He's only made two starts, and he's finished first and second. Um, we knew that he was going to be good because we've seen him in the Arkham Menard series. But I think really many people really kind of started attention pay attention and look at him when Ty started uh, when he won the Daytona road course. And we're also getting somebody and we're also getting somebody else later on in the year, his rival Sam Mayer will be in the cop will be at with junior motorsports when we get to June. What's it like having all these young kids in there? I mean, you got Blaine Perkins, you got, you know, Colby Howard who's only 19. He was making some good runs for JD motorsports. Um, what's it like having a lot of the young guys really standing out in Xfinity? I love the youth movement, and I don't think there's any question we are going to see the next big stars of NASCAR develop through, you know, some of these rides you've talked about, whether it's one of the names you mentioned or, or someone else maybe that we haven't talked about that, that will make a start later this year or is just laying the foundation of their career and, and will join us in years to come. And I, I go back to that Daytona road course race, and I, and I talked to Chris Gale, the crew chief for the 54 that was working with Ty Gibbs that night. I talked to Chris that morning and Chris is just a smart guy. And he's been around a long time and he understands the races. And I said, I want to ask you about strategy. I want to ask you one about your strategy with a driver that, you know, probably is not going to be right there in that lead pack and maybe not a part of the mix. How do you manage him in this race? And then give me a more universal strategy on what's going to play out for those that are truly here competing for the win. And I, I didn't say that to offend him, and it didn't offend him. He knew exactly where I was coming from because, quite honestly, their expectation 
while they wanted to win, I think realistically that they knew that was going to be a challenge. Ty hadn't been in those cars, no practice, no qualifying. He had never done a live pit stop. And, and not only does he come out and, and show how good he is and how competitive he can be, but, you know, as you stated, he goes out and wins the race and then he backs it up starting 27th and finishing second at Phoenix and average finish of 1.5. There is little doubt, you know, he's special. He's got talent. And, and for an 18 year old, I think he's pretty confident. He's got a little edge to him. I think the same probably can be said for Sam Mayer. I, I haven't been around or talked to Sam as much, but I'm very anxious to see what he does the second half of the year driving that eight car for junior motorsports. Um, and also, you know, we've seen, you know, a team that hasn't done well, junior motorsports, and a team that's doing really, really well, another Chevy team is Colleague. Um, and then, of course, Myatt Snyder with, uh, with RCR. And, and going, kind of going off all these different storylines, you know, Riley's, Riley's struggles in the end of the year. You got the Gibbs Toyotas, Daniel Hemmer, can he win a race? There's so many storylines in the Xfinicers. And then you have all these smaller teams, you know, like Brandon Brown, career best finish, Bailey Curry, career best finish, Jeremy Clements, fourth top 10 in six races. What's it like to have, you know, smaller teams to really kind of go, hmm, there's some good storylines here. We're seeing a lot of the smaller teams start to perform well and more perform well often at tracks where you may not expect them to. There's tremendous depth, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's not as much that they're getting top tens because we've seen that in the past, but where they're doing it. that There were certain racetracks that you just felt like the Brandon Browns, the Jeremy Clements of the world, the Mike Harmon you know, racing, those teams weren't going to be really you know, competitive at the mile and a half or maybe even a Phoenix because of the importance of aero and just the challenges that you face by being a, a team that doesn't have the big budget. And they are starting to grow their operations that put themselves in a position to be successful. And, you know, I, I would say Sam Hunt Racing is another organization to look at there. Our Motorsports, who was second at Daytona with Brett Moffitt. And, and the hope for all those teams, I think, has got to be another team that you mentioned, and that's Colleague. It, it's not, you know, we do this interview four or five years ago, and we're talking about an underdog team in Colleague Racing with Chris Rice. And, uh, you know, the, the, they just, they really were what we are seeing now in our motorsports and Sam Hunt and Brandon Brown. And now they've grown themselves into a three-car operation that's winning on a regular basis at all types of tracks, putting drivers in the championship four. So across the board, I'm, I'm blown away by the depth, the, the growth of some of these small teams, and, and I'm anxious to see what's next. Yeah. And, let, and finally, to preview this upcoming Xfinity race in Atlanta, uh, you know it's going to be interesting to see who gets it done because – Last year, I don't think anybody expected A.J. Allmendinger to win on an oval, but he did. Um, and, you know, that 16 team has been strong this year. Do you think they can uh, Do you think they can go do it again? Well, I, I think certainly um, he can. And, and the reason I that is he won this last year, he had to start deep in the field because of the way we were, were setting the lineups and they didn't really have any owner points or, or not many. And, and so they were always behind the eight ball when they started races last year. And he'll have a much better starting position this year than he did last year. Uh, I, I would say you have to watch Joe Gibbs racing in Atlanta. They've got a tremendous history there. Martin Trex Jr. driving the 54 this week. And it's the first time he's run an Xfinity car since 2010. But I would be shocked if, if he's not a, a real threat. 
and, and Austin Cendrick, you know, they got a little out of balance uh, strategy wise last year when they had a really good car. I, I would expect that Austin would be outstanding on Saturday and team Penske has never won in the Xfinity series at Atlanta. That that same stat was, was true at Daytona when we opened the season there, Austin changed that. And, and I know that that team will be extra motivated to win on, on Saturday to get the captain his first Xfinity win uh, down in the ATL. All right. Double A, thank you so much for coming out and talking with us. Uh, have a good show tonight. I think you got Brad and Clint, uh, which should be an always an interesting pair. And uh, good luck and have a great call for the Xfinity race with Tyler Reddick and Ryan Blaney on Saturday. Yeah, certainly looking forward to the, the show tonight and the race this weekend. Thanks for having me on, Casey, and I wish you all the best.